Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Here we go, Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. SST, Apple Podcasts, have Spotify. You know the deal. We got to get right to it, though. Did y'all watch the Ravens game? That was unbelievable. And uh, I have a podcast noob. First timer on a podcast with me right now, live and uncut, ready to go. He's still shaking in his boots after that victory. We had a little friendly wager. The terms of said wager said, when Lamar, I think I said, gets five touchdowns in a game, you're coming on the podcast. Well, guess what he had for? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Dan Bono, a.k.a. Mr. Bono. Your students better listen to this tomorrow. Dan Bono is here, Ravens fan extraordinaire, earning his right to be on Subway Sports Talk. Dan, how the hell are you right now, my guy? Oh, Pete, I'm shaking. I cannot believe that this actually happened. I mean, this Ravens team is going to take a few years off my life, definitely, for sure. Every week is just exci- more exciting than the next one to watch. They haven't played a normal game. They've played one normal game this entire year. If you think about it, the Raiders game, go back to week one, a little crazy. They lost it. It's all right, right? Move on. They beat the Chiefs in a wild one, 36-35. Then they go and almost lose to the Lions, somehow win on a 66-yard field goal. Then they finally get a semi-normal performance against the Broncos where they win by double digits. And then we just get this Colts game? Are you are you kidding me right now? It is absolutely lunacy how this team keeps finding a way to win. They did it in the most extraordinary fashion on Monday night, prime time. Not only did they win my week for me, I'm four straight winning weeks where they just cover the spread or cover the teaser there against the Colts. And Lamar and Mark Andrews got you a victory in fantasy this week. And all all of that doesn't matter because you, my friend, are on cloud nine right now. This team is giving you some anxiety week in, week out. But I feel like you love this team as much as anyone you've watched. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've I've been going to Ravens games since Ray Lewis' final final year. So you see witnessing all that history and just, you know, continually witnessing history, you know, even, you know, I try to go to a game every, every year or so. And every once every playoffs, hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully this year we'll get, we'll get back there. And right but now it's just amazing to see what Lamar, what he's been doing. It's just, we've come such a long way with at, him at four and one. There's a chance they should be in that conversation. Well, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about what we know right now. You and I have been talking. I made my pick on this very podcast about Lamar Jackson making another MVP run. Haters will say it's impossible because of the statistics are a little bit weird. Uh, the the you know all the beauty of his running ability has kind of worn off in the public eye. No one seems to care as lo- as long as he could pass the ball. You know, then maybe he'll get all the credit he deserves and then some. And even still to this point, is he getting the MVP buzz that Kyler Murray's get? and Herbert's getting, maybe Dak's going to get, Tom Brady's going to get. Probably not, but 4-1, and one, doing whatever it takes to win. I know as a Ravens fan, Dan, you get the brunt of the heat, right? Us regular fans of the NFL, we may not be locked into the Ravens-specific chatter every single week, but you hear the heat. You get the buzz that comes against you and say, he can't do this, he can't do that. 
oh, that might be cool, but he can't do it all as a quarterback. And when he puts out over 400 yards, four passing touchdowns, what do you have to say to the haters, my friend? I mean, listen, haters are going to hate no matter what. But, you know, first it was he can't win a playoff game. Then it's, oh, he can't beat Pat Mahomes. And now, and then it was, oh, he can't pass. He's running back. But we see over the past couple of years how Greg Roman has really kind of developed him into this passing quarterback. He's mobile. He can still he can still make a move and still run out of the pocket and still make some good throws like we saw tonight. He really he really put it all together tonight. And I mean, Mark Andrews and Marquise Hollywood Brown both go over a hundred. Both get two touchdowns. And that's another question. It's like, oh yeah, well he can't throw. Well, maybe he doesn't have that great of weapons. Tonight, his weapons showed up, and that's not something that you can say every single week. And considering Sammy Watkins was out after the second half, in the first half, he was out after that. He never showed back up because he had a hamstring injury. So considering, you know, Sammy Watkins is kind of like the the key piece and, you know, they're still developing Hollywood. You know, this shows like this shows that Hollywood can compete and be the number one that they need him to be. Yeah, and I'm I'm the biggest critic, and I, I caught a little bit of heat here too because I've been a critic of Marquise Hollywood-Brown that he's not a number one and he can't carry the load as a number one receiver. And guess what? I just lost a, a fantasy matchup to our uh, our coworker, Vin Nabavi, who uh, <laughs> yeah. wanted to say goodnight to Pete. Guess what? I'm still up. I'm still here talking. You may have caught me this week, but that's all right. And uh, really, like... What what's the what's the turning point here? Because there was moments of this game all the way through the third quarter where y'all couldn't move the ball, couldn't get out of your own way, turnovers left and right, not left and right, but a couple turnovers, and you think like, oh my god, are we really got about to get blown out by the Colts? Are we going to lose by double digits to the Colts in prime time? And then it starts oh, yeah. flipping. What does the mood of a Ravens fan go through in a game like this? Well, it goes through it goes through panic. My brother and I sit here. We, you know, we're like, oh my god, we can't believe this is happening. It, we're going to really get blown out by the Colts. And then it, we're like, ah, well, we're going to shut it off. We're going to shut it off. We had enough. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stay and watch this because you never know what's going to happen. And the, all of a sudden, you have that defining moment. You have, you have that turning point. I really think the big the big moment for the Ravens was when Clayus Campbell comes up out of nowhere and just reaches over and boom, he blocks that field goal. And that, that's that's what I think gave them the final jolt that they needed to keep going forward. It, it really is unbelievable. Calais Campbell, I heard the stat they said on the broadcast. I'll probably mess it up a little bit, but he has like five field goals blocked in his career or something like that. Like, that's crazy. That means it's an actual skill. He didn't just get in, get in there and get lucky and block a field goal in the pivotal moment. Like, it's something that he's done over the course of time. And uh, then on the, the one that Rodrigo missed at the end, Calais got in there a little bit too. He got a little frisky with yeah, it. If you look at the replay, they were holding him back. They did not the, those those offensive linemen did not want Calais getting through. They were like, "We're not going to let this happen again." Yeah, rather get a holding penalty than let him block another one with those big mitts. Absolutely insane. I mean, I don't want to look forward because we do need to enjoy that victory that just took place there. But how do you even get back to a, a reasonable level of? Uh, calmness after a win like that like can you even think about next week or are you just happy you're just gonna ride this one out and enjoy it while you can yeah well you know tuesday is depending on the game like tonight like tomorrow tuesday i'll go in riding riding a euphoric wave everybody all the kids will be like oh you know all the lamar naysayers will, will come up to me and say wow it was a really great game and then you get a couple of compliments and then of course i see hope in the main office who's a huge ravens fan also oh there you go so it's a, it's a, it's gonna be a great day tomorrow it's gonna be purple tuesday 
Are you rocking yeah, the Ra- we- the Ravens mask tomorrow? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we might even wear the, the polo too. Yes. Yeah. You got an extra one. I'll rock that with you. Come on. <laughs> I'll bring you in the Lamar Jersey. That's what I'll, I'll bring you in that one. I'll wear the Marquise Brown one. Although I don't have his right number now. Yeah. He changed it on him, but it's absolutely insane. Now I, I was actually just a guest on a different podcast that came out. It's called gridiron garage. You guys can go listen to that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we were talking about MVP races and stuff like that. And I mentioned Lamar and it's like, you know, it's hard to quantify what he's doing. Typically, when he throws for just 220 yards, but he rushes for 90, right? On a day like today, and you look at 37 for 43, 442 for touchdowns, that is silliness. That's Mahomes. That's Herbert. That's Brady. That's Dak. That's every best quarterback in the league's best game. Lamar did that. Also went 14 for 62. Did have a, a almost critical fumble there at the end, but that was just... That was one of those performances that I don't think you'll forget for a long time. Oh, definitely, definitely not. And, and it, also, an interesting thing too is he is he has thirty four wins now. He's tied with Dan Marino for being the, one of the youngest players to reach that mark. And he's he's not going to turn twenty five until January. So we got a long way to go, and that record's definitely going to be broken. But just the kind of player he is, like if you look at him. They're chanting MVP, MVP. He's telling them, no, no, we got we to gotta focus on what the task at hand. We got to get that done. And then on the uh, post game, they were asking him, oh, you didn't, break, you didn't break the record of rushing and passing. And he said, I don't care. A win is a win. And that's the, that's the kind of player we need. And that's the kind of player that, that he is. So he, just, he really is. When the announcers say he's Superman, he's Superman. So what do you want to say to everybody who you won't see in person tomorrow? Anybody who you know, may be listening, anybody who maybe out there who may be critical, who may have given you a hard time as a Ravens fan, maybe Pete Ham in specific. I'll make him listen to this tomorrow. What do you want to say to all those folks out there who give you crap for being in a New Yorker, being a Ravens fan? What can you say to any one of those people right now? Well, I'll tell, I could, can I shout them out? Yeah, go ahead. All call, right. Call First the names off, my out. Man, my man, Mr. Scafuri, Tommy Koshin, Pete Ham. Scott Bartleson, all those guys, every time we got to playoffs at MNT Bank, it was just like the phone kept blowing up. Trust in Lamar. You, you, Paper Tiger, not tonight, not this season so far. We're going to, you have to trust in Lamar. Believe it. Believe the hype when I tell you it is real. It is real. And I'm here for it. I know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this viral tweet that's gone on over the course of the past couple of years. This guy, Kevin Clark, he works for the ringer. He put out this tweet in like 2019. It said the Seahawks have literally never played a normal game. And tonight when I'm watching this Ravens game, I was like, we need to make an edit to that tweet. And we need to say the Seahawks and Ravens cannot play a normal game to save their lives. This is, this is five games this year. Four of them have been absolutely bonkers for this Ravens team. I'm sure you're looking forward to a calm game, but guess what? You got the Chargers this week. I don't think you're going to get a calm game. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. It's going to be a little bit of a conflict of interest there. Why is that? Why is that? Because I, because I have, I have Eckler on my fantasy team, so I can't, I can't give up on him. I gotta, I have, so at the same time, I'm gonna be like, do I root against him? No. Nah. Do, do I root for Baltimore? What do I do here? And I'm like, I'll be sitting there looking. But at the end of the day, as long as my boys in purple and gold are doing their job, winning, that's all that matters at this point. Fantasy is just a, a far off land. Absolutely. So you, we shouted out Lamar, deservingly so. Is there any other? 
segment of this Ravens team or coach or anything that you want to shout out that deserves the love and the glory right now? Well, first off, besides for Lamar, shout out to Calais Campbell too. The veteran leadership on that team is just, is unreal. They have all these young guys dealing with injuries and yet they're able to make these old, these older players are able to make great plays, energize the younger guys and keep them going. Also to Mark Andrews, he didn't have a, he hasn't had such a, uh, a hot couple of games. You know, he doesn't get, he hasn't gotten past a lot. This week was really the, the comeback. I have him in fantasy. He hasn't been scoring points. This week was a 40, what a 40 point, yeah, 40 point, 41 points. He's, he's back in it. They're using him a lot more Hollywood Brown. You know, we went from two weeks ago, dropping three wide open passes, touchdowns to now, you know, having the speed using it, you know, and getting and just winning. It's unreal. It's just an unreal feeling. And you know what, too? I honestly, I got to say, Devin Duvernay is one of my unsung heroes on this Ravens team. You notice when they get into these certain packages, especially near the goal line where they're going heavy and they're bringing in an extra tight end or a fullback or whatever, you see Devin Duvernay stay on the field. It's not Hollywood Brown because Devin Duvernay, he he leaves it out there on the field. Every ounce oh, of his soul, he's blocking. He's getting in there. He's getting dirty. He's making catches. He had four for 45 tonight, not a flashy stat line. But when you watch this Ravens team, which I happen to just really enjoy watching, I see him making plays. He deserves a shout-out. And how about this? The run games for them have been so impressive, even with their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh string running backs here. Yeah. You got... We got combined 11 carries tonight for the three running backs, combining for 23 yards. Sorry, 24 yards for the three running backs, and yet they come out on top and put up 30 points on the board. That goes to show. I want to give another shout-out because I forgot one of my favorite guys on the team who's very overlooked, Pat Ricard, the fullback. Mm Mm-hmm. Every day that guy comes in and he's blocked. He's putting his body on the line. And he, you know, he can play both sides of the ball. He's like John Harbaugh's little project that he likes working on. He can play a little defense, plays a little offense. He move, you know, he's moving around and he's he's really fit into that role that John Harbaugh needs him to fit into. Yeah, absolutely. And in an offense like this, all those different types of guys play a role. And it's not the things that show up in the box score, but it's the types of things that when you watch the team and you watch full snaps and full full games. You notice them. You can't help but notice them. And, uh, yeah, he's one of those guys for sure. How about uh, Devonta Freeman, three catches? Tyson Williams, big catch late in the game there. It's just everybody was doing it, man. Everybody was doing it for this Ravens team. They got the juice right now. It's absolutely insane. There was people having conversations about this team once uh, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt and then Hill gets hurt and Gus Edwards gets hurt. And it's like, ah, are we really going to trust them? Are we going to pick them? The Browns are better. Steelers are still the Steelers. Are the Ravens even a playoff team anymore? Now they're sitting at four and one. They got a little cushion after the Chargers. After the Chargers, you know, that's going to be a tough game. They're technically a favorite at, right at this moment in time. I have to imagine that line's going to change a little bit. Um, you got the Bengals, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bears. Hey, man, all of a sudden we can turn around and it's going to be mid November, late November, Thanksgiving time, and this team could have two or three losses. And you're gonna be feeling real good about yourself. Well, we don't we don't want to get that far yet because that happened that happened a few years ago and uh, it was a first round exit against the Titans that one year. So I don't wanna, I don't want to think about that. I want to I gotta take each week as it goes, and then when we get to playoffs, then I could I could start throwing out the scenarios and I could start thinking about it and thinking about that that potential Super Bowl run. But for now, 
it's week by week. It's a it's just a week by week basis. And you know what? Tomorrow's gonna be great. But then Wednesday, it's all business again. Focus, focus on the Chargers. Focus on getting another win, keeping it going. Absolutely. As a, a wise Bill Belichick once said, we're on to Cincinnati, except we're on to Los Angeles first, then we're on to Cincinnati because they have the Bengals in two weeks. Uh, and if you're looking for anybody to stir up that Lamar Jackson MVP hype train, look no further than Pete Kennedy and Dan Bono right here on Subway Sports Talk, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you do me a favor? Can you reenact uh, the audio message you sent to our group chat real quick before you say goodbye? I said, uh, I, I just... <laughs> I went. I said something like this. I was like, "Lamar Jackson." <laughs> there we go. There we go, Dan. the The podcast, uh, the the bet has been made. And you know what? If they have another crazy game, we might have to do a check in with you. You know, every every time they play a crazy game, just a that's quick if I'm little still, check that's in. if I'm still alive. They're gonna give me a lot of gray hairs. This, this team. <laughs> Who's giving you it's more worth it, though. more gray hairs this year? The Ravens or your students? Uh, definitely for me. Definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo. Shout out to those students of yours. I know I talked to them a couple weeks ago. We popped into your classroom. I'm going to pop in tomorrow as well. I got to make sure we get that hype train going. I don't want any any of those students thinking they know anything about football telling you nothing for the next week. Absolutely. I need a little peace and quiet. I need to I need to kind of just get the, get the stress levels down now. <laughs> Absolutely. Dan Bono, thank you for staying up late with me. I know you're not going to be able to go to sleep right now anyway. But cheers to you. Cheers to your Ravens. What a wild game. That was fun. Hopefully we uh, get some more fun ones coming up. I'm sure we will. You've heard it here first on, on uh, Subway Sports Talk. Lamar, MVP. There it is, baby. We love to hear it. Dan, thank you, brother. I'll see you at work Thanks tomorrow. Thanks for having me on, Pete. I appreciate it. And there it was, man, a Ravens fan. Live and uncut. You heard it here first, right in front of our faces. The trials and tribulations, the glory, the anxiety, of a Ravens fan live. That was moments after the game ended that I get on the Zoom call with Dan Bono there, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for me. I'm happy. I got a couple of L's there with uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown knocking me off one of my fantasy wins, but that's okay because another winning week for me on the podcast picks, three and two for me. That's my fourth winning week in a row, moving to 16 and nine on the season. Very happy with that. We're going to try to keep this going. Patty Boyle ended with two and three, and I have the utmost faith, despite some struggles for him over the past couple weeks. He's going to get back on track. He's knocking at the door. We're just getting started. You don't come in here to gamble on the NFL and win it all and get out by week five. No, we're just getting started. The process is just kicking off. Week six coming up, and we'll keep this thing going. We're not going to miss a week. But we have another week of outcomes here in the NFL, and we're going to talk about it, obviously, right here on Subway Sports Talk. And... Everything you thought you knew, right? You didn't know. Everything you thought you had a good grip on, you didn't have that good of a grip on. And is that your fault? Is it my fault? No, it's not. It's just this league, man. The NFL does this consistently. I wish there was an easier way for me to take screenshots of things that aren't true anymore, right? Like the headlines from two weeks ago, the headlines from week ones, two, and three, where people are writing and, talking so confidently about this team and that team and what we know and what we don't know. And now we're going into week six and half this stuff is getting stripped out from under us. And this Ravens example is perfect, right? They lose week one to the Raiders and the Raiders are on top of the world and the Ravens are falling apart with injuries and they got no running backs left and Lamar can't do it by himself. And guess what? 
They're four and one, and he's done it by himself. A little help from his friends, Mark Andrews coming around, as we talked about. You know, you get the Chiefs now as an under five hundred team. That's the Sunday night game, thirty-eight to twenty. The Bills routed the Chiefs. Now, does that say more about the Bills and how good they might be right now, or more about the Chiefs and how real some of their struggles are? and how they're turning it over, maybe because they're panicking, playing with a little bit of desperation on offense. How often do the Chiefs score just 20 points? You don't see that every day, right? They're 2-3. and three. The Bills are legit. Are we going to crown the Bills victors? Are we going to cr- uh, crown, not crown, are we going to dethrone the Chiefs and say that they're not even that good? No, we can't do that, right? Because every single time you think you figured it out, this league humbles you. Every single time. Now the Chiefs sitting under 500. Everyone wants to say, oh, you know, maybe uh, we would take Herbert or Allen or Kyler Murray uh, this year over Mahomes. And you can't say that. That's crazy to say that, right? That's crazy to actually believe that. But that's where we get to in this league sometimes. That's where we end up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won 45-17 to over the Dolphins. Is that going to make us feel off the charts about the Buccaneers? It shouldn't. Sure, it makes us feel good, but again and again, this this league will strip away what you thought you knew. What you thought you knew, right? Let's talk about some of the things that we think we know right now. That's what we're doing, right? So let's just do that for a few minutes here, and then we're going to say goodbye. We're going to keep this one short today. We think we know the Cardinals are really good, right? We think that. However... This incredible offense that seemed unstoppable this year just put up 17 points and played a tight game against the 49ers and a rookie quarterback. I know they're undefeated, and they're the only undefeated team left in the league right now, but if you're going to tell me that you're extraordinarily confident in them going forward, that they're the best team in the NFC, I don't know how you can say that. Because if you really think about how their season has gone to this point, they easily could have two losses. Easily. They lost that game to the Vikings. They got a big comeback when they almost tried to give it away to the Jaguars. They, You could definitely say one loss at minimum, right? And then they don't put that inspired of a performance down on tape against the San Francisco 49ers. So I don't know. We think we know, but do we? If Kyler Murray starts looking banged up, what is that team? If he's not hitting on all cylinders, what is that team? I mentioned it to Pat Boyle a week or so ago. When I think about what could go wrong with this team, I think how reliant the Cardinals are on Kyler Murray being spectacular. And that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, mean, it is kind of a bad thing, but it's not supposed to be a knock about what's going on right now. But what it is, is a cautionary tale about what's to come, about how sustainable it is to have your quarterback consistently throw you out of games. And throw you in, into games. That's a bad choice of words. But throw your team out of bad situations into good ones by making special plays over and over and over again. Is it sustainable? You have to ask that same question about Lamar Jackson. They're 4-1 record, right? Is it sustainable? I'm not sure. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. They had their big test this week. They had that week one loss to the Steelers, which looks even crazier now than it did after it happened. Do we know that they're awesome? We think that they're awesome. But at any moment in time, can they be humbled? They had some easy games against some bad defenses. 
against some bad offenses. Now they play a good offense, and they still have a great one. They put up hella points. They look unstoppable. But what is it with them? Is that going to be sustainable? It th- you think so, but you don't know in this league. You just don't. One thing that I believe that I know, and I've said this on the pod, and I've picked according to that mindset here for a few weeks now, the Dallas Cowboys offense is off the charts. It's really good, man. It's insane how good Dak Prescott looks and how quickly he's gotten back to this point of looking this good. This guy had a excruciating, brutal injury one year ago. Almost one year ago to the date, right? Was it week five last year? And he's back, and he's an MVP cat, uh, candidate. Their defense, that's the part that I have a question mark about. Because I think this offense is legit. I think they're going to be a top three to five offense the entire freaking year. But right now, their defense, which is getting some praise, they're a lot better than last year. I'm definitely going to agree with that notion that they're better than last year. But this turnover margin that they are living with right now is unheard of. Trayvon Diggs can't get out of a game without a pick. You don't see that every day. Is that sustainable? I think they're the best team in the NFC East with ease. I think they're a top three team in the NFC almost with ease. Speaking of the NFC, the Packers come away with a victory in overtime against the Bengals here. But is that inspired? Does that make you feel good? It can't, right? Because what did we say about the Bengals coming into this week? Ah, they're 3-1, and one, but doesn't feel that good. Doesn't feel that special. They've played some easier teams. It's not that good, right? But that three-line that three line spread, that minus three for the Packers, felt a little fishy. Now, if you caught it at minus two and a half, you won. Caught it at minus three, you just pushed. But there was something going on there where Vegas and the Sharps Knew the Bengals had what it took to be in that game, and they did just that. So that's another one. The Packers, I'm been, I've been feeling good about them. I think maybe I've been trying to convince myself to feel that good about them. But they come out and score 25 in an uninspired victory over the, over the Bengals. It's a tough one. And, and it just really makes you question, what the hell goes on in this league, man? What the hell goes on in this league? If you snapshotted the Raiders from two weeks ago, three weeks ago, It's like, ah, the Raiders are back. Now their head coach is resigning. We're not going to talk about the specifics because, you know, I just don't really know the specifics, but it's not good. John Gruden's dumb. We didn't see that coming, and now it's happened. It's gone. The Raiders are looking ugly now all of a sudden. Just put up nine against the Bears. Lost to a rookie quarterback. The Broncos are 3-0. That felt good. Now the Broncos are coming off another game where they look uninspired on offense. They don't really get a a lot of things going. Yeah, they played the Steelers, but guess what? They've been, they, they've been playing easy competition. you got to do something to get someone good to make us feel good about it. The Seahawks, Geno Smith, going to be playing the next four weeks or so. We talked about that AFC West, the NFC West, being the top-tier divisions in each conference. And now the Niners, their record's not pretty. The Seahawks have a hard stretch coming up without their franchise quarterback. Rams and Cardinals looking all right for now. Cardinals have some question marks. I mean, sorry, Rams have some question marks of their own. Supposed to be this big, bad defense. Doesn't seem like they can stop anybody. So we got question marks out here, man. Uh, when me and Pat Boyle were talking about how we try to make our opinions in this league, it's like, all right, week one, you can't overreact. Let's try to cut through the weeds and see where, you know, this outcome didn't tell the whole story. 
or see where this team may have came out on the wrong side, but actually did better than we thought. And I think we did a good job with that through the first couple weeks. But now it's week five, going into week six, and so many of the questions we had after week two and three still exist to this point today. The Cleveland Browns are another one. That's a great example. You feel good about them in one aspect, playing ahead, playing with the lead, running the ball. But now two times in a row here, not in a row, sorry, but two two weeks in a row, not that they lost, but did they look good on offense in the second half? No. Did Baker Mayfield look right? Mm-mm. Can they get going in the air when they need to and they're down? I don't think so. I still like the Browns to win a lot of games this year, but when you're talking about true playoff contenders, the questions are real. How about the Tennessee Titans? We thought they were trash. Uh, there's not even going to be a 500 team in that division. Now they're 3-2. and two. Somehow they got up to the, up to the right mark of, uh, of the standings. They're 3-2. and two. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Nothing that impressive out of the Titans. They beat the Jaguars and beat the Jets. Whatever. They lose to the Jets? I forget. Yeah, they lost to the freaking Jets, man. It, it's just every single time you think you figured it out in this whole NFL, do you get reminded any given Sunday? And I kind of hate that term. Term's kind of annoying, right? It's like, ugh, I get it. Anything could happen in a 17-game season, whatever. It's true, man. It's absolutely true. And it's hard to wrap your head around. But uh, we're going to try to keep wrapping our head around it, keep trying to learn from these weeks, from these games, and hopefully as we get into late October and November, we can say with some confidence who we think is what. But <laughs> you think about it right now, man, and you say, hey, the Cardinals, they're 5-0, and baby. Guess what happens when the Browns face off against the Cardinals in Cleveland this week? Cardinals give up 190 on the ground and lose? It's possible, right? It's possible. Everything is possible in this freaking league, man. So, that's all I got. We're going to get back on this week. We have to. This was a quick one. Only 30 minutes long. Had to get my Ravens thing off. My guy, Dan Bono. Shout out to him. Hopefully, uh, y'all enjoy this short episode because we got so many things happening in the world of sports right now. The NBA is a week away from tipping off. We have to talk about the NBA to get ready for that season. It, it, it got here way too quick, but we're going to get on to that. We're going to talk a bunch of hoops, talk Knicks, all that fun stuff, as well as talk to Pat Boyle some more about some football thoughts and takes and whatnot. So that's all we got, though, for tonight. Subway Sports Talk. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening to this right now, you want some more content, I recorded like a two-hour podcast with these guys from Kentucky, the Gridiron Garage. We talked a lot of NFL we talked some college football, a little bit of baseball sprinkled in there at the end, but a lot of NFL early. That was before the Ravens game. So that's why we got a short one here tonight. If you want to check that out, Gridiron Garage, Apple Podcast, Spotify, go check them out. Great time uh, with those guys. We'll have them on here too at some point uh, in the near future as well. So a lot of stuff cooking over here at Subway Sports Talk. Thank you so much as always. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Hit us on Twitter at Subway Sports Talk TLK. On Instagram, Subway Sports Talk, T-A-L-K. This is a good one, man. Week six coming up. We're just getting going in this wonderful season of the NFL. Signing off, I'm Pete Kennedy. Cheers.